Compliance Clarified, a podcast by Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence. Hello and welcome to this episode of Compliance Clarified. My name is Alexander Robson and I'm the Managing Editor of Regulatory Intelligence here in London. Today, I'm joined by Tron Vorgan, Senior Editor in Oslo, and Mike Cowan, Senior Regulatory Intelligence Expert in London, and we are here to discuss DORA, otherwise known as the European Union's Digital Operational Resilience Act, and not a character out of a Pixar film. DORA aims to ensure that all participants in the financial system have the necessary safeguards in place to mitigate cyber attacks and other risks. It applies to the entire financial sector. The legislation will require firms to ensure that they can withstand all types of ICT-related disruptions and threats. It complements existing laws such as the Network and Information Security Directive, NISD, and the General Data Protection Regulation, the GDPR. Tron, you have written a good deal about this topic. Briefly, what is DORA and what is the aim of the regulation? Thanks. Hi, Alex. And uh, the first thing we heard about DORA was uh, two years ago when the European Union announced its digital finance uh, strategy package. Uh, And part of it was ensuring the digital operational resilience of the financial sector. The first thing that we sort of heard about from the EU there was a plan to regulate and supervise, shall I say, critical third-party cloud service providers. So uh, your Microsoft, your Amazon, and Google, those who provide the backbones for most of today's modern banks. And there the aim was, of course, to ensure there would not be any critical outages. That meant you couldn't get your money out of the bank uh, for hours or days. Uh, So they will be supervised under this. And then the European Union tacked on plans for firms to lay out senior management accountability, uh, mapping, testing, and so on to identify all IT-type weaknesses. Uh, and, of, of course, with the threat of fines on top of it for anyone who is not compliant. And when will it take effect? It will take effect in late 2024, uh, as it just passed the European Parliament's second reading last month. And... That means, I guess, that companies have about two years to to be ready for all that it entails. And what are the main components of the regulation? And perhaps you could say here a little bit more about why it's being introduced now and who it will affect the most. I'd say it's an act in about five parts. Firstly, of course, as I mentioned, there's the oversight regime for critical third-party providers. They will be supervised by a joint body made up of members from the European Supervisory Authorities, ESMA, IOPA, and EBA, uh, which which will have the power to sanction them. Um, So that's basically Microsoft, Amazon, and Google, plus a few others, as discussed earlier. They will also have to set up an EU subsidiary to be allowed to offer the services here in uh, Europe. Second, there will be full responsibility placed on senior management for a a firm's IT risk management. That means um, your board members will be directly responsible for 
setting up a digital operational resilience strategy, approving the use of third-party providers and so on, they could be fined as well if uh, found not to be in compliance. Uh, there's a mapping element similar to uh, found in many other types of regulations. So uh, critical and important functions must be mapped uh, so that in case a server goes down somewhere, someone can be held to blame. Uh, there is also a requirement for regular, I think, annual uh, impact analysis with regard to business disruptions, that sort of thing. Scenario testing, the regulators will come in and basically ask companies what they've done, which kind of scenarios have they run through. Or have they run through something, some cyber attacks relating to, for example, the current conflict in Ukraine. Fourth, it introduces uh, an in incident reporting framework. Companies will have to report, I think, within uh, only a few days, they'll have to report into a, to a hub the EU will set up any sort of cyber incidents that happens uh, to them. And last but not least, companies will have to show that they've done appropriate testing on critical functions and systems and that they've acted on any weaknesses found. Uh, and they will also have to look, uh, look into the third-party suppliers. That's called third-party risk management, basically. So uh, there's a lot of documentation to be put in place, I believe, you could say, in those 24 months they now have before it takes effect. Who will it affect most? Almost any firm in the financial sector. I think the, the smallest ones uh, will be exempt. There is a cutoff limit. Uh, but basically, any financial entity regulated at EU level, banks, payment providers, electronic money providers, investment firms, cryptos, and of course, your IT suppliers as well. Uh, not just the three big ones I mentioned, but a number of others too that provide what's considered critical services to the financial sector. Mike, I wonder if this is the point to draw you in here to talk about the practical implications for financial firms. As Trond has alluded to here, I mean, Adora isn't a new concept of financial services firms. And in many ways, it's an amalgamation of a number of, of other regulatory initiatives from around the EU. I mean, Trond has already said that the Dora itself is a couple of years old and is just being adopted by the European Parliament. So not a new concept. So it builds on existing ICT, that's information communication technology, risk management requirements that have already been, been developed, as I've said. So we've got things like the European Banking Authority's guidance on ICT risk assessment under the SHREP, the uh, Supervisory Review and Evaluation Process. Uh, and they've got guidance on uh, PSD2, cloud service providers, um, EOPA, the, the European Insurance and Occupational Pensions Authority. Uh, they have ICT security and guidance guidelines and outsourcing to cloud service providers. And ESMA, the European Securities and Markets Authority, have similar uh, guidelines on outsourcing to cloud service providers. So the concepts within DORA are largely not new. Um, I will caveat that as we go through, but they're, they're, they're largely not new. Now, Trond, again, has set the stage here very nicely. That there, there are five key pillars of which I'm not going to remind you of what they are again because Trond has already covered them, but I will take each of them individually to give some more practical guidance on them. 
So the requirements for third-party risks and the information sharing requirements are new to DORA, whereas the ICT risk management and ICT incident reporting frameworks are really add-ons to the existing uh, regulations that I've already said. So if we look at each individually, so if I'll take them in a different order to how Trond articulated them. But uh, first of all, the ICT risk management framework. So this requires firms' management bodies to take full and ultimate accountability for the management of ICT risks, for setting and approving the digital operational resilience strategy, and for reviewing and approving the firm's policy on the use of ICT third-party providers. So this means things like firms should create and maintain business continuity plans and disaster recovery plans. Firms are required to continually identify threats and maintain controls uh, that are fit for purpose. And to do this, firms should should set risk tolerances for, for uh, disruptions, uh, they sh- and these should be supported by key performance indicators uh, and risk metrics. Firms must identify their critical uh, or important functions and map their assets and dependencies accordingly. Uh, and this will mean that firms will need to clearly articulate their risk appetite for disruption across critical functions and, and more accurately be able to map and understand the relationships between assets, processes and systems. Um, Firms should carry out um, business impact analysis based on severe disruption scenarios. And this will mean that firms will have to make their scenario testing methodologies more comprehensive and robust. Uh, Secondly and thirdly, DORA's incident reporting framework on their their information sharing requirements. Well, the, the incident reporting framework creates a new reporting framework that should, that should allow firms to identify, monitor, and capture incidents more effectively. This will require firms to improve their ability to collect, assess, and escalate and disseminate information concerning the incidents and threats that they're identifying. And then firms should, should have the process to be able to share threat information from other firms in member states. Uh, fourthly, uh, there is the DORA establishes digital and operational resilience testing requirements for firms. Um, firms must demonstrate that they conduct an appropriate set of tests on critical systems and that they address any vulnerabilities identified by the testing. There is an additional requirement here for firms to conduct advanced uh, threat-led penetration testing every three years. Now, these requirements mean that firms will have to have effective policies and procedures in place around testing, and these procedures should define testing approaches and map them to things like technology, applications, processes, people, and third parties, as well as the need to have appropriate training and and awareness programs within their firms. And finally, you'll be pleased to hear that, that, and Trond has already picked up on this as a major part of DORA, is their third-party risk management requirements, uh, which uh, expands existing requirements to other non-critical service providers for firms. And firms should make sure that that existing third-party contracts comply with the required obligations, especially for those suppliers deemed critical. Firms should develop robust supplier exit strategies and reinforce their third-party risk management frameworks. 
and they must conduct concentration risk assessments of all outsourcing contracts that support the delivery of critical functions. The DORA third-party risk management requirements contain a number of contractual terms that firms must include in outsourcing arrangements and by the implementation date, like Tron said, end of 2024. And there are a number of new safeguards that have been added around the ability of regulators to order firms to suspend or terminate their contracts with with critical third-party providers. So uh, I suppose in summary, uh, there are significant or there, there will have been significant challenges for firms, firstly, to gain more control over, the, over their third-party arrangements uh, and treat them, I suppose, more like internal processes than external processes, and then to have in place effective processes to gather and analyze and communicate the, the, the threat information that they need to demonstrate now. And Mike, thank you. I mean, um, and what about sort of looking at this more beyond the EU, looking at the approach of perhaps the Financial Stability Board and and the UK, given that uh, it's not, you know, we're no longer members of the European Union? Yeah, well, as you allude to, Alex, um, operational resilience is a, a key priority for financial services firms at the moment. The high-level uh, agenda over the last 10 years, perhaps, has moved more from financial stability after the global financial crisis to now to look at more operational resilience-type uh, measures. And the Financial Stability Board has been um, at the forefront of that, um, uh, uh, directing um, jurisdictions into what they would want to see around the use of cloud service providers and, and third parties more generally. Uh, the UK has gone on a similar sort of journey to DORA in that the Prudential Regulation Authority has led the charge here and has set down through consultation and, um, and rule uh, uh, making uh, certain requirements for firms to, to go through now, um, some of which mirror the DORA requirements, such as identifying critical third parties, being able to measure those, and having robust arrangements in place to be able to deal with a disruption should and as and when it happens. And the work that's been done so far has been very much focused on the internal machinations of the workings of a financial services firm within the UK. And now it, they are starting to step out of that and to look at uh, the, the relationship that third parties has with financial services firms and the risks that they uh, present to operational resilience. And the PRAS are currently, I believe, got a, a consultation around that uh, sort of relationship, the, the, the third party relationship and, and the, uh, the operational resilience elements of that. So again, the UK and the EU working in parallel, but on very similar issues. Well, that seems as good a time as any to bring today's proceedings to a close. Thank you, Tron and Mike, for your thoughts. And until next time. Thank you, Alex. Thanks very much, both. Compliance Clarified. A podcast by Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence.